Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. Hey, everybody, we're back. We are continuing our Veterans Day special, talking DOD to AEC. Uh, today, I am excited to welcome to the show Sam Coverly. Sam and I have known each other, uh, it might be, it's, it's pushing 20 years. Uh, he was the branch rep for the engineering branch uh, as a captain when I was a cadet uh, at the military academy. And uh, we, we reconnected in 2007. He was working for MCFA. I was a captain in the Corps of Engineers. Uh, but Sam represents uh, all that is good from our vet- veteran population and, and all that can be good from uh, our DOD to AEC case studies. Uh, that we've been talking about. So, Sam, pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, sir. I appreciate you having me. Uh, excited to dig in. I will highlight Sam is currently uh, one of our senior program leaders and our safety director. Runs, I don't know, uh, about 10 of our contracts. Uh, has probably 19 of our employees reporting up through him. Uh, so, bears a ton of responsibility here at MCFA. But Sam, before we get into what you're doing now and, and you know, some of the, the project challenges, we want to tell the audience a little bit about your, your career path, uh, how you ended up in the Army, and then you know, some of your experiences in the Army that led you to, uh, to the last almost 15, no, maybe, maybe 16 years at MCFA. Time flies yeah, when you're having fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I grew up in Florence, New Jersey. A uh, small town in Burlington County. I'd like to think I was heavily recruited uh, to play defensive and defensive line in college. You know, initially signed my letter of intent to play at Syracuse, but my I had an older cl- cousin, actually class of '90. You know, encouraged me through high school to go down the path and put in uh, my packet for West Point. Uh, really, wasn't a lot of chips in that basket, but uh, lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, it came through. Uh, so, you know, ended up starting there in 1990, graduated, uh, with the class of 94. I am the goat of the engineers for my class, <laughs> which for, for our audience, what does that mean? So you're the, each branch, uh, commissioned out of West Point gets a certain allocation from the department of the army at how many in each branch can be commissioned or assessed into that branch. Uh, so I was, I took the very last slot for my class. Uh, now, all, all being said and done later, I also found out serving as the engineer branch rep that uh, your GPA and class rank is, is not uh, at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the class when you're still to go to the engineers. So, uh, right. Yeah. So what'd you major in at, at West Point? I was environmental engineering. And a civil track. All right. And then you branched engineer, graduated in 94. Talk to us about early, early army career. Wow. Uh, initially posted Fort Drum, uh, ended up uh, getting reassigned to Fort Carson due to wearing, you know, red, white, and blue t-shirt some afternoons. I got picked up as an alternate shooter for the 96 Olympic team and in international trap. Uh, 
of course, the Olympic Training Centers in Colorado Springs. So uh, ended up there. Uh, got to shoot for free a little bit, but it's not like they only send one person. It's not like the person's going to throw a ACL or something <laughs> uh, shooting trap. So uh, it was nice to get to shoot shoot for free and take some time out of your day to make some new friends. But uh, yeah, really uh, just another experience. Yeah, served, you name it, from Cav Regiment, Combat Heavy, Mechanized, uh, back with 10th Group uh, and 7th Group uh, as group engineers uh, positions. So, yeah, a lot of, you know, and in training commands. Uh, my company, second company command was actually the Captain's Career Course, International Student Detachment in the HHC for the five five four out of Leonardwood. I I knew that at one point in time, but I totally forgot it. I, yep. that's, that's a good memory. Oh yeah. Um and then you went back to West Point, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, after command and of course just like you, you know, went to now Missouri Science and Technology uh, for a master's degree on engineering management. Uh, got picked up. They actually had, branch had a huge shift. Uh, several branches in the Department of Military Instruction historically have been branch qualified majors, uh, senior career majors about to be promoted to lieutenant colonel. Uh, field artillery was one, the engineers was one, uh, and infantry was one. Uh, they made a big shift to now bring a senior captain uh, into that role. So I actually replaced uh, a lieutenant colonel uh, in, in that job. So really cool, got to teach military instruction, got to teach you know, a combat construction methods class uh, for some of the civil majors as a capstone, got to run the engineer training site for summer training and then teach you know, all the skills necessary for those kids trying to attend the Sapper Leader course uh, during mm -hmm. their uh, specialty summer training. And then from there, you landed in the uh, athletic department? Yeah, I went in. Uh, Colonel Tom Bunning brought me over to backfill him as the associate AD for facilities at West Point Athletics. Talk to us a little bit about the types of projects you got to do there. Wow. So everything from renovating coaches' houses, building new coaches' houses, probably 12 natural grass fields, uh, double-day field where the Army baseball team plays. We completely rebuilt that. I mean, took it down three feet and completely rebuilt it up. Uh, several renovations at, at Mikey Stadium, at the Hollander Center, uh, built the Foley Indoor uh, training facility. So that's a full football field inside uh, as a gift from uh, the Foley family. So lots of, you know, indoor golf center, expansion of the indoor tennis center. Yeah, some projects in the, you know, gymnastics arena. Uh, so a lot of things. Um, and then as you were, we're going back now, like I said, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, but your transition from you know, army uniform to private sector, uh, back then, what were you, what were you thinking through? What were the options? How did you end up landing at MCFA? Well, you know, I, you know, I've 
you know, and not to be disgruntled with the, you know, uh, I was offered very limited slots. Uh, you know, I went to branch and volunteered for, you know, another job over in the dirt, uh, another combat assignment. So, uh, I was given one option and one option only, you know, and as a career professional with a lot of different skill sets, I didn't think that was the best move for me and my family. You know, we prayed about it. I failed to discuss it appropriately with my spouse, uh, which I'm constantly reminded about. But uh, yeah, I decided to, you know, hang up the uniform and, and go into the private sector. I uh, got introduced through mutual friends to uh, Colonel Dale Nearman through the Army Engineer Association and, you know, Order of the DeFleury folks. Sat down and came down, met him and, and Michael Furman, and then we were off to the races. When you were when you were making that decision, what was it about a small business that you know? It, and at the time, really small business. I mean, uh, just starting out. What uh, what was going through your head? Uh, what attracted you, and what what made the final decision for you? Well. You know, I think it was a place that one, of course, you know, at that time, you know, all the employees that I met, and of course, Michael being as charismatic as he is, you know, and another and another South Jersey guy, just like us, uh, you know, of course, we connected on a personal level. Uh, and then I thought it was nice to go into a place where, you know, I stepped right into a pretty senior position, you know, given no rope. You know, full autonomy, full autonomy to do to just go out and be successful uh, and kind of chart my own path. And it was kind of refreshing that I wasn't going into a big established corporate firm because you hear, you know, going through that transition, you hear a lot of the bigger companies, especially AE firms, uh, government consulting firms, that your position is equivalent to the rank you held and right. Uh, you know, that hierarchy transitions and it's almost impossible to, you know, get, a, you know, even go any higher past the rank you held in uniform. Yeah. Um, so you've been here. I, I'm trying to do the math. We, we remet in 2006 or seven here. So about 15 years. Uh, no, we met, it was in 08. So okay. April of 08, I started. So I, I'm going on my 15th year. Got it. Um, and you've worn a hundred different hats. I joined in 2012. You've worn a hundred different hats, uh, all kind of, you know, the autonomy to, to be a bit of a technical doer, a bit of a people leader and a bit of a client project manager. Uh, talk to us about how leadership experiences and, 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 or, um, your background has, has served you well and, and any key highlights or stories where um, your leadership skills have, have been highlighted. Yeah, we could go on for a long time with that one. Boy. Uh, <laughs> well, I think the, you know, and, and one of the, you know, one of the other things that, you know, going back to the transition uh, and starting with MCFA and then of course, you know, ending up down here at Aberdeen Proving Ground, you know, working primarily supporting the garrison during BRAC, you know, in the initial position, it was very nice because I wasn't going, it's not like I left the army uh, and went into, 
building hospitals or right. or doing although I did road work in the army, you know, I wasn't going into Department of Transportation or building railways. I went to a place where the setting, the customer, the language, the right and left limit of the rules of engagement, the money, uh, were all very, very familiar. Uh, so luckily, I mean, I had a really soft landing, big project. I think it was in total like 1.6 billion. Uh, yeah. You know, serving basically as the owner's rep for all that. So I think that was one of the biggest things, you know, and, and don't be scared if you want to try something completely new. But my transition was very easy because I basically reported back to an army post, you know, and went through it. Now, project challenges, and I was reading the notes, you know, in preparation for this, I think there's a lot of personality issues uh, that go into the project challenge arenas that I think people's roles, past experiences get in the way of executing a building, you know, a complete, you know, project, you know, on time and under budget. So that's always the, you know, the get along factor in the conference room. Uh, although, yeah, you know, the general contractor's just trying to squeeze you for money and, you know, the owner, you know, doesn't want to give up the money and the engineer just wants everything to go right as they drew it. Uh, you know, so everybody has different, you know, points uh, and positions to take, you know, but I think some of that leads to project challenges. You know, and then I stretched out on this one because I was like, you know, probably the most challenging stuff is dealing with like historical, you know, renovations. All the projects that, you know, when we did the uh, so soccer complex, which is right near the soccer field, near the old AOG, uh, right. facing the Hudson River side, I mean, just the historically contributing elements of that building I mean, just to get a light fixture approved was, oh my goodness, you would have thought I was buying a nuclear warhead. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was something else. And then I think also with this too, I think we've learned, you know, jumping forward, you know, to the not so, you know, the COVID era is I think, especially in the AE firm, we have to embrace this, you know, new technology. Yeah. Uh, some of it's bad, and I thought about this. You know, some of it's good, really good for you know collaboration. You know, like all the stuff we're doing with the digital twin. I mean, you got to get on that bandwagon. I think a lot of our customers and clients have seen the possibility during the COVID era of really good communication. You know, really good sharing, and you know, you can put your good picture up and architectural renderings and do, now do your fly through, you know, and you can zoom into every room, you know, using that technology and they can really visualize it. And I think that's going to be, you know, it's almost, it's beyond being a game changer. It's going to become a, a project expectation. Uh, yeah. I, I think here really shortly. Agree. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE-verified, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients.
switching switching gears a little bit to some rapid fire questions. Uh, recent empty nester was always yep. involved in your kids' sports uh, and continue to volunteer at the firehouse. Uh, talk to us about what's going on in your life outside of outside of uh, work. Yeah, so yeah, I, I currently serve. Uh, I don't even know what term it is. Uh, I'm the department safety officer for the Susquehanna Hose Company. We're an ISO class one, all volunteer fire department, you know, here in, in Haver Grace, Maryland. So that's, that's for, for really our good. audience, just so our audience understands what this means. Maybe once every, every other month, once every six weeks, Sam shows up at eight o'clock in the morning on a, on a, uh, conference call and has been up since two o'clock in the morning, either fighting a fire or, or looking for a body in the Susquehanna river or doing, uh, one of the many, uh, emergency management tasks that the volunteer firefighters do. So, uh, the service is still in Sam's blood. Oh yeah. I still serve on the, uh, Haver de Grace board of zoning board of appeals. I'm completely swamped by my own kitchen renovation. Uh, <laughs> are you doing the work? I, I should have. The, 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 the decision was for me not to, and we have been, we're now over a year since our contract was signed and there's been three installation attempts that all failed miserably. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the dangers of being a project manager, managing your own project. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> I know you're a big reader, must read book. You know, and I, and I, and I thought about this and I think there's, well, one, the first one is actually a series. Uh, it's, okay. the, it's the Joshua series by uh, retired father, Joseph Gerzone. The original book is, you know, the basic gist is, you know, 2000 years later, you're in a small town and a stranger moves in and how that stranger happens to be a carpenter uh, impacts the lives of those in your town and some events. Uh, and then how some people question his motives. Uh, huh. So the settings, it's, it's basically like a like Jesus coming back to present day, you know, in a new role. So and and taken in a lot of good faith. Of course, a you know, retired father, you know, wrote the whole series. I think there's six of them. You know, so really good set of books. The other one is from a friend of mine, Chris Hedges. Is War is a force that gives us meaning. I think Chris, you know, he was a you know a combat correspondent. That's how him and I met, along with Carrie Sanders way back in the day, but he, he reads, you know, some of the things about war on uh, the front lines, you know, how it affects politics, you know, how it affects cultures, societies, and even gets into, you know, just the damage to, you know, basic human beings and stuff. So uh, one of his interesting topics was the, you know, societal whitewashing in the Balkans, you know, and, and we even saw this a prime example well after the book was written as, is, you know, us tearing down the 40-foot statue of Saddam Hussein. Uh, and he cautions about that because, obviously, if you don't know your history, you're going to be damned to repeat it again. And we should have left that statue uh, so that every young child that walks through that circle says, Mommy and Daddy, who is that? Right. Uh, and they continue to, to, to learn from, you know, their past. It's an interesting one. Two new books from it, or two, uh, I guess it's seven new books for me. Yep. I'm going to be busy. Uh, favorite quote? 
if not me, who, if not now, when? It's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who said that originally. Uh, it's, it's Hillel the elder. It's actually a okay. Jewish proverb. Really? Yep. That's, that's, uh, good trivia there. Uh, the Travis Mannion foundation uses it as their motto. Yep. Um, it's a good one. Several friends of mine are, you know, part of that foundation, you know, several friends, wives, you know, military spouses are pretty high up in that organization. So while we're, while we're mentioning, we'll put a link to them in the show notes. They are doing a lot of good, um, for both veterans and for communities, uh, just by pushing kind of a military leadership spirit out to, uh, to the youth. Um, so we'll make sure we hit that in the show notes. Uh, dead or alive, if you could hang out with three people for a day, who would they be? What would you do? Wow. I have a feeling you'd be fishing. No, that you know, and I'm revisiting some of this because I'm, you know, you know, some my younger daughters got European history uh, right now at Susquehanna University. So some of the, you know, of course, Dad, hey, what did this guy do? You know, this this brought up a lot of things. I think one. I think one, I'd spend the day with one of my grandmothers that I never got to meet. You know, of course, enough said what we'd be talking about. I'd just get to know her. Uh, I think that would be really important. I think spending a day with Coach John Wooden would be uh, outstanding. Huge fan, big reader of him. His understanding about human nature through sports uh, and development of, in his case, pretty much young men and how sports can use to teach you those leadership and life skills uh, to be great men in society uh, and team dynamics by all means. And then I don't know, I think it would be, I think it would be really cool. Maybe spend some time with Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I watched that. I watched the documentary recently and I was thinking, you know, do I go back to, you know, John Locke, uh, you know, of course with, you know, that each human is, born with certain inalienable rights, you know, what was he thinking back then? Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, some of the things, you know, that the founding fathers and our constitution and declaration of independence had in it. Uh, I mean, they were just beyond thinkers. Men ahead of their time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think about that often and, and the wisdom to know what was, you know, what was going to challenge society and to have already thought of it and, and, you know, I think in every way possible, try to kind of account for it in the uh, Constitution. Yeah. And, um, unders- and then understanding that at that time, especially to me, you know, you start thinking, well, how did these guys think of these come up with these great things? And I was like, quite honestly, they didn't have televisions. They, yeah, they, they right. didn't have <laughs> smartphones. Uh, you know, they yeah. you know, they talked. They sat down and broke bread. They read, and they were more in touch with their, you know, mental pursuits than I think we are today. It's interesting. The there's also I forget where I read this, um, but and and I'll go down this path because you are an outdoorsman and fisherman, and but it talked about how hobbies really were while they were different from their work they were oftentimes complementary to what they did for work. So, you know, to your point, they weren't doing hobbies that were distracting, but actually kind of cross hybridization or cross training uh, to the type of work, whether that was blacksmith or uh, I'm trying to remember some of the examples, but 
uh, we, we have become too encumbered by technology in a lot of ways. And, you know, when, when you have to write a book or read a book called deep work, uh, to remind yourself that, that you should spend some time and thought, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> we, 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 we got some, uh, things to reflect on from our founding fathers. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Wrap us up. What do you want on your tombstone? How do you want to be remembered? Well, uh, I don't want to think about that. Somebody can put something <laughs> on there. Uh, no, I think, you know, I think my things, God, family, country, uh, and service is, is all my big four, you know, so as long as you're with those, you know, I think that's, that's pretty much how I've lived my life. Spent too much money on family, loaned too much money to family. Uh, but you know, it's all good. Uh, you know, and then by all means service, I mean, I get great enjoyment and continuing to serve, you know, even the local community here has been really, really rewarding, you know, and to pick up my firefighting career, you know, from when I was younger, lost a little bit of that in the army and then rekindled it back here. So uh, it's been really good. Full circle. Good stuff. Yeah. R- wrap us up uh, in the words of Andy Reed. The time is yours. Uh, you've had a successful military career transition to a successful private sector career. What would you share with uh, anybody out there maybe contemplating switching from uh, DOD or taking the uniform off and joining the engineering construction industry? Yeah, I think I think the engineering construction industry, you know, lends itself to, you know, those in uniform, regardless of your MOS, especially, you know, construction management, uh, project inspection, quality control, uh, even the safety world all lend themselves with a pretty easy transition uh, to get your foot in the door. And then it's rewarding work. By all means, you go on a project, you know, for a couple of days, years, you know, when you walk away from it, normally you can look back and see a finished product that, you know, you can show your friends and family, take pictures of and be proud of, you know, an accomplishment that you could, you know, contributed either to a private client or build a new school or a new road that really helps people out. And then by all means, seek out, you know, as soon as you find one of us, you know, you're looking at companies, you see job postings. Hey, this guy was in the army. You know, we have several vets in our firm. Seek us out and call us. Even if you're not interested in MCFA, if you cross my path, send me an email and we'll jump on the phone. That's one of the the things that we all owe, and I know you embrace it, BJ, that, hey, even if you don't want to come to work for us, we don't have a position that's really what you're looking for. But if we can help you, we will help you. We'll get to know you. We'll try to make introductions. And don't be, don't be shy. There's enough of us out here that can help you. Amen. Awesome, Sam. Thanks for your time. Since this is a, a Veterans Day special, thank you for your service. And thanks for continuing to serve in your community. Uh, we appreciate you and uh, appreciate your time on the show. All right. Thanks, BJ. I appreciate you and thank you for your service. Thanks, brother. All right, buddy. Hey, everybody. Until next time, uh, have a great week and a great weekend. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants. 
and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.